1: right now it's time for everybody's favorite segment here on the six rings and football things podcast where we go behind enemy lines and talk to people who are saying the things that are probably none too flattering and that's because they've got good reason about your new england patriots in anticipation of sunday's matchup where the buffalo bills come to town with the bills mafia to take on bills mafia and the one in five new england patriots kind enough to join us today everybody is Matt Bovee, who alongside the notorious Sal Capasio Holtz, they host together It's Always Game Day in Buffalo, our Odyssey sister football podcast out there in western New York. Matt, thank you for joining us today. How excited are you for Sunday's game? You know what? It's weird. I don't know if I'm excited.
2: I think the scar tissue is so deep from all the games against the Patriots for all these years that even as big favorites as the Bills are, there are still a lot of people who are like, Well, can we just guarantee a win? And we don't really care what it's like. Now I see both of you shaking your head. If the Bills lose, I've said for the last couple weeks about the offense, the sky is not falling, but it might be a good time to have an umbrella ready. Just because we're kind of teetering on that territory, the Bills' offense needs to come out and explode. And I know the Patriots' defense is better than the Giants, who they played last week and weren't able to take advantage of, probably similar to the Jags, who they also struggled against. The offense needs to wake up. Am I excited? Sure. Always like a trip out to New England, especially in the fall. I can look at all the leaves and everything. Mm -hmm. But after that, the football game is kind of meh, all things considered.
3: Yeah, that's that's fair. That's very, very fair, unfortunately. Um, So I joined Matt, uh, you guys, for your podcast yesterday. So I want to lead off with something we talked about. So you talk about the offense. And if you're talking about the Bills offense, that starts with Josh (laughs) Allen. And Josh Allen has not looked meh against the Patriots in uh, his last four or five games, whatever it is. And I have this little theory that ever since Bill Belichick uh, disrespected Josh Allen by telling ESPN, he just didn't see him as an MVP candidate that. Josh Allen said, oh, yeah, hold my beer and um, has kicked ass, taken names and embarrassed the Patriots since. Do you buy into that theory? And why should I think he won't do that on Sunday?
2: Hell yeah, I buy into that theory. I think that Josh Allen has a list of people who have talked about him publicly in a non-favorable way, and he's just a fierce competitor, and he has made it a point to try and prove those people wrong. Now, sometimes maybe he takes it a little bit too far. Josh Allen is his own worst enemy, right? Like, when he's playing his brand of football, there are very few people that can beat him, that can stop him. Sometimes he goes a little bit too far, and that's when he gets reckless. And we say it's like you press all the buttons on the controller at the same time, and you have no idea what's going to happen. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's absolutely (laughs) a disaster, but against the Patriots ever since it's funny when Josh made his big step was in 2020 the COVID year and he said it actually started earlier in 2019. There was a home game in Buffalo against the Patriots and he had three interceptions against the Patriots. The Bills lost a close game. It was like 16 to 10. I think Matt
1: Barkley finished that that game for you guys.
2: Barkley finishes the game. Josh gets hurt like in the second half on a hit and Dable like lost it on Allen on the sideline and was like, stop trying to do everything. Like this is the NFL. You're our most important player, but there are other players who can help you along the way. And I think that's kind of when like the flip switched in his head of like, okay, I don't have to do everything. And then we've seen the career kind of continue to progress from that point on. And that's when like the domination has started. They lost the other game to the Patriots that year, Later in the season, it was a weird Saturday, like 4.30 game, but they almost won. They marched down the field late, and that's when the Patriots still had Brady, obviously. And then after that, it's been lights out. So honestly, Allen has just dominated the Patriots ever since that moment, and he's dominated the Dolphins. I think he's lost once to the Dolphins, and I don't think he has lost to the Patriots except for that wind game since then. And the wind game was just stupid.
1: Right. Yeah. I mean, the only the only way the Patriots have been able to beat the Bills in the last now looking at three, four years is when Poseidon decided to be the 54th (laughs) man for I mean, it was an unbelievable affair. I remember being so impressed with Josh Allen in that second game in 2019. He hit John Brown on a long pass yep. uh, and cooked Steph Gilmore, believe it or not, at the mm-hmm. time as well. Which, of course, our old pal Devonte Parker did later. And then he decided to come and cook our organization on the whole by <laughs> dropping passes and being a dink. Um, but yeah, by the time it got to 2020, <clears throat> excuse me, he was so good, and that Monday Night Football game was absolutely spectacular. So he can be a one-man wrecking crew. And then when you look at the rest of the offense, you see well, there's Gabe, there's Gabe Davis. He's in a contract year. He's capable of four touchdowns in a game. I mean, I saw it against Kansas City a couple of years Mm ago. You got Kincaid and Knox at tight end. Uh, The running back room should be pretty able. You've got Damian Harris who wants revenge, but he is also on the injured list this week. Mm -hmm. So tell me why you guys think this offense has not been able to not hit its stride because you scored 48 against Miami, but rather be as consistently prolific as we all think they should be. I think they're in their heads. I think they're trying to do a little
2: bit too much. I think they're trying to figure out what their identity is. And for the last three years, their identity has been, okay, Josh, go do cool things. And we'll do cool things with you. And usually that's good enough to score 35 points. Now they are trying to take so much of it off of Allen that I think they're struggling to figure out how they do it when Allen isn't there playing backyard football. One of the other things that I think about as this season progresses, like Josh Allen is not running almost at all anymore, which is one of the things that makes him so dynamic. I think that's very by design. I think they are saying, Josh, we do not need you taking hits and running in week seven against the Patriots when we're nine point favorites. We need you doing that in Kansas City when the game is on the line. Let's be smart here. So that has taken an element out of the offense that I think they're trying to figure out how to utilize. The other big factor is They drafted Dalton Kincaid in the first round. So naturally, if you're going to draft a tight end in the first round, you want to see him on the field. So they have switched almost their complete identity from an 11 personnel offense with three receivers on the field to a 12 personnel offense with two tight ends on the field. And I think that has a little bit of a learning curve, especially for the other wide receivers. So Diggs is still Diggs. He's going to get targeted a ton. I guess to a fault, maybe they target digs a little bit too much because sometimes there's other guys open and they don't see them, but okay, let your best players go out and make some plays. They've been slow starts. It's weird. I'm struggling here to try and figure out how it's the same team who can go three quarters without scoring against the Giants, but exactly two weeks earlier scored 48 points against the Dolphins. I think the answer is somewhere in the middle. They're not a 48 point offense every week. They're certainly not a 14 point offense every week. I think their sweet spot is like high 20s, low 30s, which is ridiculous because I know how good that is compared to most (laughs) of the rest of the league. But like that's the number they need to be shooting for. If they score any less than, if they score any less in any given game than 28 points, their offense was not good enough.
3: Uh, well, Patriots would kill for 14 points. Yeah, you know? we, we average
1: 12 a game a different right now. World. So. Yeah. Um,
3: yeah. How much of it is, because from afar, I'm a big Brian Dable fan. Yeah. Um, I think he's a really good coach. I think he played a key role in Josh Allen's sort of evolution and explosion. And obviously you lose him last year. And people started to say, oh, did the offense regress last year? Did Allen revert to some of his negative ways of past years? So where is that kind of evolution of the offense post Brian Dable, especially with Sean McDermott now really focused on the defense and calling the plays over there sort of, how's that, how's that coming together?
2: I think they missed Dable a lot. And I don't know if anybody in the organization would ever admit that obviously it feels like there was always some friction between McDermott and Dable and how they wanted to control the offense, but We jokingly said last week, and it's not even really meant to be a slight on Ken Dorsey, but Brian Dable knows the Bills offense better than Ken Dorsey does or anybody else in the Bills building, Mm -hmm. which I think is one of the reasons why it was such a stressful win for the Bills. With Brian Dable, the thing that he did that was so impressive is he always had five or 10 plays that he knew would work. And they were like, get out of jail free cards for Josh Allen. It was third and four. I know this play is going to work. It is going to be a free first down. Right now, they don't have that. Right now, it feels like everything is a little bit more difficult than it needs to be. There were so many times when I would sit there and I would watch the Bills for the last several seasons and they would be trailing and they'd get the ball and I'd go, I know they are going to score. It's about not giving the other team enough time to come back and score on them. Now it's, I don't know if they're going to get down the field because it just feels like everything is a little bit more complicated than it is. They're trying to become more of a run team. I think it's nonsense, but Listen, I've heard everybody say for the last five years, the Bills can't run the ball. And honestly, the wind game against the Patriots was like the perfect storm of that. No pun intended, where everybody was like, oh, if you could run the ball, you wouldn't have lost that game. It's like, yeah, but you also have an elite quarterback, an elite wide receiver. You should probably use them. So they're trying to figure out how they can be a more balanced offense, which has some growing pains to it. I think that's nonsense. I think like, okay, throw the ball 40 times. You want the ball in your playmaker's hands, but they want to turn around and hand it to Latavius Murray and to Damian Harris and to James cook. So whatever it's a work in progress. I'm not overly concerned, but it's definitely a little bit slower out of the gate than we anticipated.
1: Yeah. um, And and as far, and as far as things go from the Patriots to the bills, obviously the Patriots on both sides of the ball, but especially on defense uh, are pretty darn banged up and we lost our top two playmakers on the team period and rookie cornerback Christian Gonzalez, and then Matt Judon both going down in the evisceration in Dallas or the demolition in Dallas. And things haven't been the same as well. And they're trying to fill in the gaps and cracks on defense, and you guys lose two, arguably your two best or two of your three best playmakers on defense. Poor Tredavious White, two-season uh, ended. It's awful. I feel so bad for the kid because he's so good. Mm-hmm. So he goes down now with the Achilles. Matt Milano, um, who we love around here, obviously the BC product. Mm-hmm. He goes down for the season. How are are the Bills filling in the losses, both in the secondary and just all over? Because Matt Milano did a little bit of everything, always, and always did it so well. The secondary is a concern. The secondary is probably,
2: besides the little bit of the struggle for the offense recently, maybe the Mm. biggest concern on the team, just because losing Tredavious White, obviously is a massive blow for their defense but it also had to change the way they schematically played defense because you knew that you could just kind of leave him off to the side and do whatever and actually what the bills used to do which i think was pretty smart they would put trey on the wide receiver two for most teams because they know that like he is not getting beat at all and then we'll just give help to the other one and then we're basically doubling your number one and then we know we've got you at two and then we'll let our pass rush get there So Kair Elam, their first round pick from two years ago, has not panned out at all. It's early in his career, but I mean, he was inactive for the first several weeks of the season. The only reason he is playing is because they've had injuries to not just their top corner, but also their second corner in Dane Jackson for the last couple of weeks. So the secondary is an area where when they play teams with really good wide receivers – I think it might come back to haunt them. It happened against the Jags with Kelvin Ridley and Kirk and all those guys. <laughs> I don't think
1: it's going to be a huge issue, though, against the Bay all, <laughs> like, all three no. of us are like, well, that shouldn't be an issue Sunday.
2: Yeah, so I don't think that should be an issue Sunday. Linebacker. Matt Milano is the best player on their defense. He is yep. so freaking good. And obviously, you guys are familiar because of the BC tie. I still don't know if people around the league know how good Matt Milano is. No, the awesome. good thing for the Bills, though is they have a linebacker, Dorian Williams, who was a third-round pick this year, who has stepped in nicely. He sometimes is a little bit too aggressive. He over-pursuits a little bit. Sometimes he gets a little bit too excited to try and make a play. But I think he's going to kind of grow into the role and become an impact player for this team, not just this year, but for kind of years to come. And the other thing that they've really lucked out on is Tremaine Edmonds was the guy who played next to Matt Milano for all these years and was awesome, was a pro Mm -hmm. bowler. Mm -hmm. Another third round pick Terrell Bernard from the year before has been unbelievable. I think he's the only player in the NFL with more than 50 tackles and two interceptions. He's all over the place. He honestly looks a lot like Matt Milano. So when they were on the field together, it was scary. Now he kind of has to take a brunt of it. So yeah, the injuries have hurt the Bills, but given the opponents they've played since the injuries they haven't really had a chance to get exploited and i don't know if that'll change sunday either
3: looking at the stats and the rankings and everything the one area that sort of jumps out as a negative for that defense is the run defense averaging Mm -hmm. allowing 5.4 yards per carry i think it's even worse in the middle of the field how much of that is reality how much of that is you can't stop everything and then in a, a game like this where you know, you can talk about the receivers, and but the Patriots don't have anybody that gets open and catches the football, so I wouldn't worry about mm-hmm. the receivers. They do have Ramondre Stevenson. and they do have Ezekiel Elliott, and maybe Malik Cunningham. The, what's the status of that run defense that on paper doesn't look great?
2: That would be the area where the Patriots would be able to move the ball, especially because the Bills probably third best player on defense. Daquan Jones has a torn pack and is also out for a significant amount of time. So that is the side of the line. And at Oliver's on the injury report, we don't know if he's yeah. going to play this week. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah. their defensive line is thin. It's also a little bit by design. It's by design against teams that don't have great quarterbacks because the Bills are kind of like, okay, run the ball. Like we don't right. care. Like you're eventually you're going to get to third and six and you're not going to be able to make a play, and we're going to get off the field. So I think if the Patriots move the ball on Sunday, they'll be able to do it on the ground. But I also think that's kind of by design for the Bills because knowing even if you move the ball down the field, we're going to keep you out of the end zone. That's basically what happened to the Giants, too. I mean, they're playing Tyrod Taylor, and he doesn't make mistakes. Like, Tyrod Taylor was a tough matchup for the Bills because he does two things well. He stretches the field, and he does not make mistakes. The Bills' defense thrives off of teams who can't stretch the field and who give them mistakes. So for the Patriots, I think you're going to run the ball like crazy, and you're going to probably get into Bill's territory multiple times. And the way you ultimately win is you have to score touchdowns. And if you settle for field goals, then guess what? You're probably going to lose by two touchdowns.
1: Uh, the game is uh, 40.5 on the over-under, 8.5 for the Bills. Uh, Andy mm-hmm. and I have already made our selections of the game. We both picked the Bills. I think the Patriots keep it closer because of the running game. Andy mm-hmm. thinks it's a blowout. Um, it's such a weird time to be a Patriots fan as well. Yeah, no one will ever feel bad for us, I understand. Uh, <laughs> but just to sort of see everything working in such opposite right now, I'm sure it is much to the delight of Western New York and Bills Mafia, yeah. who I expect to see showing out. In great force. If you're looking for a spot Sunday, by the way, to catch up with the Bills Mafia uh, behind a place called Route One Liquors, they'll be tailgating. It'll look like just it'll look like right outside Highmark Stadium. It's unbelievable. Um, Very cool. Route One is a pain in the butt. It's a pain in the ass. Oh, it sucks. It's awful.
2: Like that's I don't know
1: who came up with
2: that idea. Every time I come to the stadium, I'm like (laughs) somebody in the
1: 1700s, because that used to be the 95 (laughs) of America.
2: Yeah, so the super aggressive move on my part. But a couple of years ago the Bills played the Patriots the day after Christmas, and I was mm. like, I don't really want to miss Christmas. I'm going to just fly in the day of the game and I'm going to make it. And I took a 9:40 out of Buffalo, JetBlue, mm. to Boston. I think I landed yep. at like 10:45. I made it, but barely. Like yeah. I think the mistake I made was I looked at maps to see how long the ride would be and like the middle of the week and not on a game day. I was going like, I'm legitimately like a mile an hour in the rental car trying to get to the stadium. So (laughs) brutal, um, yeah, but Hey, I mean, Highmark stadium is kind of the same way. There's not a ton of ways to get to that place either. And guess what? They're building the new one across the street. So it's not like any of that's going to (laughs) change.
1: All right. So we'll get, I know we got to get you out of here. So we'll get you out on this. Uh, We like to usually end the behind enemy lines with uh, somebody with your expertise and knowledge. Give us a player on offense and defense. That we that isn't a classic or traditional cliched player um, that we may be talking about on our post-game show Sunday night or Monday. Mm-hmm. Uh, if the Bills win, uh, who's one guy on offense and one guy on defense? That'll be key, not named like Josh Allen or, Stephon uh, Diggs. or Steph Diggs <laughs> or Greg Rousseau.
2: That's a good question. I I know from some of the research that I've done and the people I've talked to, the Patriots struggle against secondary options. They're pretty good at locking down kind of your top guy, but your secondary guys are usually able to go off. We've seen it with Isaiah McKenzie in the past. We've seen it with Gabe Davis in the past against the Patriots. I think this is a big Dalton Kincaid game. I think this is going to be one of those times when he kind of hits his stride. He missed the last game with a concussion. I think they are trying to incorporate him more into the offense and just kind of do it gradually. And he hasn't really had a huge game yet. So I think this could be a nice Dalton Kincaid game. So he's somebody I would focus on offensively. Defensively, it's Christian Benford. Christian Benford is the Bills' now top corner. In reality, is probably their second or third best corner. But because of injuries, he has done a really nice job against all of the matchups that he's had. He doesn't give up huge plays. He's just smart. I don't, I don't know if you guys remember the name Levi Wallace in Buffalo. He was their yes. backup corner yep. for a while. Yep. Mm-hmm. He, he's like a more polished Levi Wallace, where you're like really happy that he's on your team, and he's never really a bona fide stud, but he's just good. And he was a seventh-round pick out of Villanova. So the Bills have whiffed on some early ones, but they have certainly hit on some late ones. So I would say Benford and Kincaid are probably the two guys I would uh, circle on your depth charts. You never know what's
1: going to happen. Excuse me. Jeez, my God. Your team is looking for a get-right game. My team is in as bad a shape. Our team's in as bad a shape as my voice is right now. But you never know what's going to happen in one of these division rival games. Uh, He is the sports director for WKBW. And, of course, you can follow him on Twitter at Matt underscore Bove. B-O-V-E is the co-host of... It's always game day in Buffalo. Matt, thank you for some time. Safe travels to Foxborough this weekend. I hope you enjoy yourself thoroughly. Maybe not so much in the fourth quarter. Just try to take it easy on us, okay? Thank you, guys.
2: I appreciate you having me. And whatever you're hoping for for the rest of the season, I hope it happens for you. If that's wins, then great. If that's all the losses in the world, I know a thing or two about tanking in Buffalo. So enjoy the ride. It honestly makes it very fun.
1: (laughs) It's great perspective, buddy. Have a great day. Thanks again.